Creative Brain Candy by creators for creators. You're born, you know it. You wouldn't be here if there wasn't something missing. Arrogant son of a bitch. Would you just stay with me? Stay with you? What for? Look at us. We're already fighting. Well, that's what we do. We fight. You tell me when I'm being an arrogant son of a bitch, and I tell you when you're being a pain in the ass, which you are 99% of the time. I'm not afraid to hurt your feelings. They have like a two-second rebound rate, and you're back doing the next pain in the ass thing. So what? So it's not going to be easy. It's going to be really hard. And we're going to have to work at this every day, but I want to do that because I want you. I want all of you forever, you and me, every day. <laughs> Will you do something for me? Please, you just picture your life for me. 30 years from now, 40 years from now, what's it look like? If it's with that guy, go. Go! I lost you once. I think I could do it again if I thought it's what you really wanted. But don't you take the easy way out. What easy way? There is no easy way. No matter what I do, somebody gets hurt. Would you stop thinking about what everyone wants? Stop thinking about what I want, what he wants, what your parents want. What do you want? What do you want? It's not that simple. What it's do you want? Welcome, everyone, to Smoking and Drinking Between the Sheets, a romance podcast from two guys who think they are romantic. This week, we look at the movie that it was adapted from a novel of the same name and shows us that love can cure dementia even for just a brief moment. Starring Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams, it's 2004's The Notebook. But first, he's the lovesick boy who buys a house and then goes on a 10-day bender because of the girl that got away. It's Jason. How you doing today, Jason? I'm doing good. I was just heartbroken. I mean, I, I think a 10-day bender is, is pretty light considering the, the heartbreak that I went through. And after all that work I put into that fucking house. Right. It's, I, think it's a, I think it's an appropriate amount of time. I think so. Yeah. I mean, because it was a summer fling, right? So there, there is that rule that it's like, what, one week for every month or something like that or uh, something like that. Yeah, I don't we'll know that rule. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to tell me we'll that rule. To. Um, okay, I'll look into it. Uh, do you have any uh, news for us today? I do. We have oh, a lot excellent. of uh, romance news this week. So uh, the excellent. first one comes to us from Yahoo Entertainment. It uh, looks like Ben Stiller and Christine Taylor are back together. So you may remember that back in 2017, they split up after yes. like 17 or 18 years of, of marriage. They, they, yes. they separated. But, I remember us talking about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was kind of heartbreaking. I mean, they, they seemed like one of those couples that were going to, you know, stand the test of time. But so they did movies together. They, right? they have Dodge, done movies Dodge together. Ball, right? Dodgeball is one of them. Zoolander. Uh, Zoolander is another. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. not only did they did they work together, but they, they also lived together as, as man and wife. So, But they broke up back in, in 2017. Um, however, with the, the pandemic hitting and, you know, Ben Stiller wanting to spend more time with his kids, 
and pay more attention to them over his career. Uh, they just kind of grew back together. And so now they're back together and he says it's, it's pretty awesome. Right. So they, they, they were living together during the pandemic so that they could see the kids. Right, right. Take care of the kids. From what I understand, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Focus on the kids, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, yeah. what else was there to do during the pandemic? Right, right. And, you know, there was always that uh, the, that stipulation that, you know, you can't get together because of two weeks or whatever, especially if you lived in different cities or states or whatever. Because um, I know, like, uh, New Mexico, if you went into New Mexico, you had to quarantine yourself for two weeks before seeing anybody. Well, that that was even before the pandemic. <laughs> that's what they do. Or no, 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 wait. It was if you were coming out of New Mexico, you had to quarantine. Yeah. Sorry, I got that backwards. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you had to declare all your illegals. <laughs> oh, my God. What else you got for us? Jesus Christ. Um, so uh, it turns out that uh, Anthony Edwards and Mayor Winningham have, uh, you know, they've, they've been together for a little bit, uh, the last year or so. Well, they secretly Remind eloped. Us- Remind us who the who Anthony so Edwards Anthony Edwards is, is Goose. Talk to me, Goose. Oh yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. Mayor Winningham, I've seen in several things. The last thing I think I saw her in was in one of the seasons of a, a American Horror Story. Oh, okay. But they've been together so for a little while. This is a kind of a December romance for both of them. Mayor Winningham uh, is now on her fourth marriage after they've eloped and. Anthony Edwards is on his second. They both have kids from previous marriages, and they uh, they formed a, a friendship back in the '80s uh, after they starred in Miracle Mile together, and they've been for friends since then. But back in 2020, when they both began living in New York, uh, they their romance turned serious, and they just recently eloped. And it was just them did, two and a friend that officiated. Did they cohabitate too because of COVID? I it I don't know. It doesn't say here. It's, it seems to be a uh, uh, recurring theme. Well, yeah, a lot of people cohabitated during COVID. What else was there to do? Uh, not much. Not much. Drink. Yeah, I did a lot of that too. Watch movies. Right. Rom-coms. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of rom-coms, she's been in a few, um, but... Jennifer Lawrence, uh, and this is rumored, this is breaking news, this is rumored, Jennifer Lawrence has uh, pushed out the child that she's been gestating for the last many months. Oh, congratulations to her if the rumors are true. Yeah, yeah. Now, this is coming from TMZ, and, you know, while they're kind of a a sleazy publication, you know, tabloid publication. They're, they're typically pretty accurate on this type of thing. They've got sources everywhere. So that's, mm. it's probably fairly accurate, but according to public records obtained by T, uh, TMZ, she has pushed out a baby in LA. Okay. Excellent. Uh, anything else? Nope. That's all of your, uh, all your romance news for the week. Well, I appreciate that. That's, uh, some good, good info. I think so. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's hear from a uh, another podcast on the uh, Creative Brain Candy Network. Hi, I'm Jason, and I'm Rob. 
and we're, we're from smoking, smoking and drinking, drinking in space. space. Whoa, hold on. I thought this was a commercial for smoking and drinking in capes, a superhero podcast from a couple guys. Who no, no, to- no. This is the commercial for smoking and drinking in space, a sci-fi podcast. No, from- they don't want to listen to a couple guys who think they know sci-fi. It's old hat. We've been doing it for years. At least it's not shallow and vapid like that show with a couple guys who wish they had powers. I mean, what's up no, with that? You're shallow and vapid. I'm going to eat my fudge out. And you're an idiot. And you can catch both of us on smoking and drinking in capes and smoking and drinking in space at Creative Brain candy.com along with many other great podcasts all right so you can check them out and all of our other podcasts uh, at creativebraincandy.com be sure to uh follow them and uh, give them a holler i love Let those know guys what you think yeah and or, or girls and, or we, girls gals yeah yeah guys gals. in the yeah. in the non-gendered sense i guess mm-hmm. gender neutral right right yeah perfect um how about uh, how about a pod crawl? Let's do this. Excellent. We call it, I don't know, say a pod crawl. The pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Excellent. Insert it deep. Pod crawl. Kind of like a space suppository full of information. We open with a beautiful sunset scene of a person rowing on a lake silhouetted by the amber hues of the setting sun bouncing off of the gently flowing waters. So beautiful. We are shown what looks to be a plantation home converted into a nursing facility for the elderly. An older gentleman by the name of Duke begins to read a story to an elderly lady afflicted with dementia. The story starts on June 6, 1939 in Seabrook Island, South Carolina, where a 17-year-old Allie Hamilton attends the local carnival during her summer stay in Seabrook. Our main protagonist, Noah Calhoun catches a glimpse of Allie and immediately is smitten by her. Who wouldn't be? Noah attempts to invite Allie to dance, but is rejected. In a desperate attempt to win her affection, Noah jumps on the Ferris wheel and threatens to let go and fall to his doom if she doesn't promise to go on a date with him. She relents and after some back and forth over the next few days, the two end up on a double date at the movies. Allie eventually has a good time and the two go for a late-night walk down the empty streets of Seabrook. After a close encounter with a car while lying in the middle of the street looking at stars, Noah finally gets the dance he was promised by Ali. We are treated to a montage of the two becoming an inseparable pair as they enjoy traditional summertime activities of rope swinging into the lake, learning to drive stick, and making out in the truck. Eventually, Noah meets Allie's parents for supper and learns that Allie will be going to New York for school and it will be nigh impossible to visit her. Noah is not terribly discouraged by this thought and takes Allie to an abandoned plantation home where he claims he will one day buy this house. Overcome with lust, Allie asks Noah to make love to her in their future home. Things are going great for the two lovebirds until Allie gets in her own head and ruins the mood, but not before professing their love to one another. Noah takes Allie back home past curfew and overhears Mrs. Hamilton's disdain for this boy that is trash and not good enough for her daughter. Noah hears enough and starts to leave. Allie tries to stop him, but it turns into a fight and the two break up. The next day, Allie is sent home and the summer fling is over. We get a quick fast forward and learn that Noah wrote Allie every day for 365 days and Allie never responded back. Moving on with his life, Noah joins the military and fights in World War II. 
Meanwhile, Ali has gone to college and volunteers at a hospital that takes care of wounded soldiers. There she meets Lon, and after he heals, the two start dating and eventually become engaged. After the war, Noah returns to find that his dad has sold his house so that Noah can buy the abandoned plantation home like he always wanted. Noah heads to Charleston to get the permits required to fix up the place and runs into Ali. He sees her kissing Lon, and heads home without saying anything. Emotionally hurt from seeing Ali with another man and his father passing away, Noah dives into the restoration of the house. Ali eventually sees an article in the local paper of Noah's restoration and begins to have a case of what-ifs. She heads to Seabrook to get some closure. The two catch up over some dinner and meet back up the next day. Noah takes Ali on a boat ride into a cove full of swans. As they head home, it begins to rain and the two get wet. Ali starts to laugh and then starts yeah. to question why Noah never wrote her. Noah says he wrote her every day for a year and it was never over for him and the two passionately kiss in the rain and get wet in other places. <laughs> yeah, they do. The two run for the house and continue the steamy love scene that they started all those years ago. Cut to two or three sessions later, and it is the next morning. Mrs. Hamilton shows up to let Allie know that Lon is on his way to Seabrook to find her. The two ladies go on a road trip where Mrs. Hamilton says Allie needs to make sure she makes the right decision for herself and not regret her life like she does. She then hands Allie all of Noah's letters to properly confuse her. Noah tries to convince Allie to stay, but she says she needs to do some thinking. She heads back to Lon and eventually confesses and makes a decision to stay with Noah. We jump back to present day, where we find out Duke is Noah and the lady with dementia is Ali. Ali suddenly remembers who she is and the two enjoy dinner and a dance. Ali ends up reverting back to her dementia state and has to be sedated to calm her down. This gets Noah worked up and he suffers a heart attack. Eventually, Noah comes back to the nursing home and sneaks into Ali's room. Cue Ali remembering who she is again and the two holding hands as they fall asleep for the last time credits. Okay, 2004's The Notebook. Uh, this movie is based on uh, a novel uh, from 1996 by Nicholas Sparks called The Notebook. I personally uh, had to read The Notebook as a kid uh, in uh, English class because uh, it's uh, I, I believe they consider this like a short story, not a short story, but a, like a, sh a short novel. Yeah, novella. And uh, we had to, this was one of those ones that we had to read. Um, so I, I've, I've seen both now, both I've read the book and seen the movie. Uh, this does a pretty good job of uh, recreating uh, the book. You know, it takes liberties in certain places, uh, as most adaptations do. But uh, overall, I thought it was a, uh, I thought it was a pretty good love story. Uh, what'd you think, Jason? Well, I did not have to read the book in high school because I was long out of high school by the time this book was published. Did you read it in college? No, no, I didn't read it in college. They don't make you no. read stuff like this in college. Um, but I mean, having not read the book, I thought the, I thought the movie was, was good. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a paint by the numbers kind of, uh, romance 
uh, dramatic romance, but I mean, it, it does it well. It, it's not yeah. real surprising to find out that the uh, the old guy and uh, the old lady at the beginning are Noah and um, um, Allie. Allie. God, I don't know why mm-hmm. that name just... I kept wanting to say Rachel. Um, Rachel, Rachel McCotty. <laughs> Rachel McCotty. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, that that's that's not a real shock. You kind of figure that out pretty much at the beginning. I don't know why they tried to make that such a big reveal. Um, well, in the in the book, in the book, it they just call the they don't even give him a name. It's just it's an old man and uh, reading to a to an elderly lady with dementia, reading a story. Okay, but um, even even in that case, you kind of figure the old man reading the story to the woman with dementia, he's reading about their life, right? Yeah, yeah, you kind of pick up on it. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, how soon did you pay? This was the first time you've watched this, right? No, this is the second or third time I've seen oh, this. Oh, really? Yeah. So this is, a, this is an old fallback for you. Well, <laughs> sure. No, okay. so the first time I saw this um, was with my wife. Uh, mm-hmm. Whenever it came out, probably on on video or, or yeah. Pay-pay. Whose idea was it? Yours or hers? Um, it was probably one of those uh, Valentine's Day movies that we saw together. It's a good. It's a good Valentine's Day flick. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, yeah. I mean, she yeah. she watches action films with me. I watch romantic uh, films with her. So it's it's a give and take. But secretly, she doesn't know that I love romance films, so. Well, I mean, that's the only reason why we do this show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I, I told my wife, I was like, yeah, I have to watch this this week because, you know, it's for the show. She's like, sure, sure it is. I'm like, it is. So. Yeah, how many yeah, DVDs I, have I, you worn out of this so far? Well, see, I no longer have the DVD. Luckily, this is on HBO. Um, yeah, so I got a question. And, so yeah. I remember the first time and, and possibly the second time that I watched this. Um, at the very end of the movie, uh-huh. it shows yep. a nurse yep. coming in and finding them dead. Yes, yes. But I was on the HBO version, it just it fades to credits as they and fall asleep. it's insinuated. Yeah, and yeah. it's insinuated. Yeah. What the fuck is up with that? I I don't know. I I'm not sure when it got changed, but it got apparently there were always two versions and that just happens to be the version that stuck around. Um you know, I I don't know. I uh I remember them dying, right? Yeah. In fact, when I'm when I was writing the pod crawl, uh, at, at you know taking notes for the for the pod crawl, I you know I'm like okay, we're at the end. I know exactly what's happening, so I put in there, uh, you know, fall asleep, holding hands, and they end up dying. Nurse finds them, and the, the next morning end up dying. Right, and then I'm just what and, and and I did that as soon as he snuck in, or before they even did the uh, did the hey, you know, what, will you stay with me? Will you? die with me yeah do you think our love can carry us off together yeah right yeah yeah so um and i I did that and then i'm watching this thing i go wait a minute was was this like one of those like um uh mandela effects where you just thought it was like that and so i had to do some searching and no there's there's two different versions apparently now this this version that's on hbo without the dying scene um 
is kind of it's it's the default one, I guess is what I would say. I mean, it's the one that's being used now. Um, that other one's kind of a, a rarity. Uh, it's probably I, I want to say it's in on the DVD itself because uh, I I remember watching this on a DVD and I re, you know that that's when I watched it. I rented it. That is. Yeah, that is curious because I do remember that too. Yeah. I got to check something real quick. Oh, research on the fly? Yeah, I got to check because I'm pretty sure I have this on my media server. Okay. I don't, I, I didn't even bother to check to see if you had it on the media server. I just, uh, oh, here you go. Here you go. Um, give me one second here. I will put this in. Super secret Discord server. There you go. Um, there is a clip of the original uh, release where it shows them. Uh, yep, uh, shows them dying. The nurse comes in, sees them asleep while they're still holding their hands, holding each other's hands. Now, which do you think is more powerful? So I I don't know. That's a good question. I think. Yeah, that that's a really good question. Having seen both of them now, I, I actually think the original is a little more powerful because with with what they're showing now, there's ambiguity. So did it actually happen? Did they end up dying together in each other's arms? With with the former, it's you have no doubt because the nurse finds them both dead. It's a very touching scene. It's kind of morbid, right. but it is still a very touching scene. Yeah. I mean, I didn't see, I didn't, I didn't find it morbid. Um, I, I thought it was very touching. I thought it was very, um, you know, I thought it was very uh, appropriate. You know, he had obviously had major health problems, right? So I don't know. The dude was strong as an ox. He lived through three fucking heart attacks. Well, he was still walking around. Yeah. Jesus. That's true. I mean, but yeah, he had he had had a couple heart attacks, so you you know his heart wasn't there. Um, I, you know, I don't know. And then and then she, they went to me. They went out on a happy note, right? She remembered them. They fell asleep in each other's arms, remembering each other, um, and and they moved on, right? Instead of remembering each other, you know when you know, she's got dementia and, and is liable to hurt herself or others, you know, uh, getting a little combative. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's heartbreaking to, 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 you know, once you realize that she's the one that they're talking about in the, in the story and that they end up, you know, together, uh, after, uh, she comes back to see Brooke and then he has committed the, last years of his life to living with her in this nursing home and doesn't uh, have to yeah and doesn't have to i mean he's got a he's got a family he's got kids and grandkids that really want to be with him but this is this is the love of his life this is this, yeah. this has been his life for you know the past several decades and um it's 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 heartbreaking because she doesn't recognize him most of the time and so he's he's living for those fleeting moments where she recognizes him again and he has his wife back because he's he's that dedicated to her. He loves her that much. 
Right. So so do you, do you agree with his decision, or do you think he should have, um, you, you know, I'm not going to say move on, but uh, should have lived with the family because they wanted to hang out with them, wanted to get, uh, not get to know them, but, you know, uh, see more of them. Man, I don't know. I mean, that's that's a hard choice. I don't know that I could make that choice for anybody. I, I don't think that his decision to, to stay with his wife and, and take care of her in their last days is a wrong decision. But I don't think that if he had decided to, you know, stay with his uh, children and their families and, and spend more time with them while he was still alive. I don't think that would have been a wrong decision either because dealing with family members with dementia is, is super difficult. Um, It's yeah, it, that, that's just a, so that's a, that's a hard decision for anybody. And I don't think either way is, is really wrong. I mean, his family did still get to come see them. It, right. It's probably really hard for them to see their mother and grandmother not recognize them every time they right. come to so, see them. But yeah, I would have I would have chosen a middle ground. I think I I think I would have stayed at the grandkids or at the the kids' house and come and visit her every day. You know, so so you know, and then when it's obviously when it's bedtime, because let's face it, she probably goes to bed at like eight thirty. Um, <laughs> because you know, I don't know. It seemed that, pretty warm old, outside, yeah. and they, it was dark before they went yeah. to bed. So I think yeah, that's probably was, a little later than eight like thirty. Yeah, nine thirty, ten. Yeah, but but you know what I mean. I mean, it's it, it's I I think well, she takes afternoon naps too. So that's why she can that stay af- up so late. Yeah, if you get rid of that afternoon nap, shoot, you can get her to bed by six thirty. <laughs> Um, and then you would have plenty of time to hang out with your your family, uh, you know, with the rest of your family. Um, I I think I would have gone that direction. Um, y- you know, tried to tried to spend a little bit of time in both places. Um, do you think do you think her condition uh, caused him to have caused his health problems with heart attacks and undue stress and all that kind of stuff? Just you know, seeing her that way and, and worrying about her and all that kind of good stuff. I don't know. I mean, I don't know his medical history. I don't know. He seemed to be a pretty heavy drinker at one point in his life and he did smoke. Yeah. So those were, yeah. those weren't helping anything. Um, no, no, not at all. But yeah, I mean, possibly the, the, the stress kind of helped exacerbate some of his cardiovascular issues. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, let's talk about uh, what we normally talk about on this show. Um, is this is this a realistic coupling? Uh, can you see this these two get together in the real world and not on paper or in a movie? I mean, yeah, yeah. I can I can see their personalities meshing. It, it's it's like he said whenever she tried to leave. You know, this is what we do. We fight and then we make up immediately after you. You're a pain in the ass, and then you're not a pain in the ass for a couple seconds, and then you're a pain in the ass again, and right. um, yeah. So I, it, 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 they, they fed off of each other. That was that was their personalities. I, I've known people that do that, and yeah, it it seems to work for them. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and I agree. I think I think this isn't too far fetched um, in terms of. Uh, in terms of the story uh, and getting together, um, I feel a little bad for 
for Lon, uh, yeah. just because he got strung along. Which brings up, okay, so so was was Lon a Florence Nightingale case? Do you think? No, I don't think so. Um, you don't think I, she fell for him because no. he was a patient at one point? No, I don't think so. I think uh, I think the novelty of him being a patient, recovering, and then still pursuing her probably got her to date him but i don't think that okay. i don't think that it was a florence night they didn't i don't think they had enough interaction or at least they didn't show enough interaction in the movie to make that case okay yeah and i don't i i don't recall in the book if they went any more in depth i i would guess not because this isn't a story of lawn and alley it's right no, but it no. is kind of refreshing that you you have a movie that doesn't make the person that she has to break up with a bad guy. I mean, he was a he right. was a decent guy. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like a, a clear cut. Um, if you hadn't seen the movie, if you haven't seen the movie, or if you hadn't read the book, you you don't know you don't you don't know what's going to happen at the end. Well, I mean, you do because you can't because of the way they set it up, but. You could see her going either way and not faulting her for it, right? Um, do do you do you agree with the actions that uh, the mom did with uh, in terms of keeping letters and that kind of stuff? Well, of course not. No, I mean that's that's her mail. Each uh, each time she intercepted the mail and didn't pass it on to her daughter, that's like what twenty five thousand dollars and five years mm-hmm. in prison. What, is that is that is that how much it was back then? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't yeah. care. But no, I mean, her her keeping the letters um, was definitely a major plot point. I mean, it's not like Allie couldn't have fucking written too. Um, oh, that's you know that's true. I didn't think about that. It's not. I mean, they make it sound like it was all on him. You never wrote me, but she never wrote him. Right. Or wait, did she write him? And mom intercepted those letters. Uh, I think they would have probably mentioned that. Yeah. Let's break down the big romantic gestures, uh, which, uh, you know, my mine that I've got is uh, let's go with the house, right? Um, I'm going to buy this house for you. Uh, they break up and he still does it. Yeah, right. he still buys the house. Well, so that was his dream house before they got together, right? True. True. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, he was going to buy it regardless. Um but he went and painted the shutters blue like she wanted. Yeah, he made that promise. And so I think uh, yeah. I think a part of him still pined for her. Um, so he painted the house white with big blue shutters uh, in remembrance of her. He, he made her a studio with a porch yeah. that overlooked the lake or the sea. Because this was a, this is an island. An island. Yeah, so so do you think do you think he still would have done that as far as painting the shutters blue and things like that if he never saw her again in Charleston when he went to go get the plans uh, approved? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, you know, because it seemed like he had more or less moved on right when he came back. Right. I mean, he did take a little bit of a and, and it kind of happened at the same time. I was going to say he, take, he took a little bit of a nosedive when his dad died, but he also had seen Elliot by that time, so yeah. So I think the I think the combination of both his dad dying and Allie kind of 
drove him to bury himself in his work. And yeah, I think probably oh, yeah, seeing Ali uh, probably affected his decision on, on how he painted and, and built the house, decorated the house. Yeah. You think he put that, uh, that drawing corner in originally, or he had it uh, like he just ended up doing it? Well, I mean, they were... T- they were only there for two days. Of, uh, yeah. <laughs> He that's had true. to have had that already together. Yeah. Otherwise, he was yeah, scrambling true. to find shit to fill it with because he had easels. He had art supplies. He had yeah. the desk. And yeah, no, he had that yeah, already yeah, pre-built. He had already done that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what other big romantic gestures did you see that uh, you want to talk about? Well, Lawn had a big romantic gesture. You know, they they had the, the quip, the back and forth um, at the jazz club. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. While her parents were dancing, um, they had the back and forth about, you know, marriage and, and proposing. And then he actually proposed and then he announced it to the entire club after she accepted. So that was a that was a big romantic gesture. Um, yeah. I mean, you could even say that dancing in the street. I think that was probably what hooked her to. Yes. Um, I think that was probably what hooked those two together. So, right. And so, and that that dance, that song, you know, "I'll Be Seeing You," that was that's what oh, they were. No, no. Uh, I love humming. Billie Holiday too. I love that. Yeah, that yeah. Rendition that, that's of what I'll they were humming you. to in the in the street, and then it was carried throughout the entire the rest of the movie, uh, which I thought was really uh, a really nice choice, right? Yeah, um, to do. Um, so I would say yeah. that's probably the biggest romantic gesture. There was was dancing in the middle of the street. You okay there? Yeah, you know, yeah I'm up? getting choked up. <laughs> getting getting choked up there. Yeah, so I I thought that was a big romantic gesture. The the dancing in the street. Yeah, that was good. Um, I really liked, and and I'm not gonna really say that it's a romantic gesture, but I really liked how he uh, pursued her on the Ferris wheel. I thought that was <laughs> that, that was, was interesting. Romantic gesture. No, no, was, no. It's not romantic. But that was but ruffling his plumage. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> But I thought I thought it was kind of well. I mean, he was she was way out of his league, right? Oh yeah, so he was punching up. He's yeah, he's got to do something. Um, and I thought that that was really much like Ben uh, Stiller and Christine Taylor. Ben Stiller pursuing Christine Taylor. He's best, definitely yeah. punching above his weight. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he had to do something to to get her attention. Now it it didn't it didn't work necessarily. Uh, other than now he was on her radar um he, you know he still had to wear her down uh a little bit um and actually um uh, get tricked into going out on a date with him yeah and uh, i love we didn't mention it in the pod crawl but they uh their their two friends tricked them into going on the double date yeah they basically so. match make them yeah yeah so i love casavides um when he was casting somebody to play noah he said he wanted somebody unknown and not handsome. And so he right. got Ryan yeah. Gosling. <laughs> he got Ryan Gosling. <laughs> How would you like to be the dude that hears that and goes, oh, ouch, that hurts. Yeah. Damn. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> that was harsh. I, yeah, I read that. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. that's That sucks. That sucks. Um, so... Uh, you got any problems with this movie? Uh, any quabbles? Um, 
I mean, not really. It's it's pretty, like I said, paint by the numbers romance. Um, yeah, very movie. much so. No, no big twists in it at all. Um, like some of the other movies we have. No, no uh, big reviewed. twists. Um, there's no real. Uh, you, you got a sense of loss whenever they broke up. Um, it was. It still kept your interest trying to see if they're going to get back together, how they would get back together. Uh, you definitely get a sense of loss for him whenever he loses his dad too. So, I mean, it, it was it was a movie that actually made you relate to the characters, and I think that's probably what uh, what really drew out the emotions uh, from the audience in this movie is is the ability to. Uh, for the movie to have you relate to the characters, so it's it's a relatable movie. Very much so. It's it's not, um, it's not. Oh, look! It's it's two pretty people getting together, um, and doing frivolous, stupid things. Yes, and doing frivolous, stupid. Well, they did they did do some stupid things, but that's because well, they but were that's because they were seventeen. Love, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who hasn't Summer done stupid love. shit when they were seventeen? Right, right. Um, I mean, besides you, I've done a little stupid stuff, uh, and I wasn't even seventeen when I did it. I was much, much older. Yeah, I don't I still believe do you. Stupid stuff. So, uh, any other any quabbles? Any other quabbles? No, I really don't have any quabbles with this. Yeah, no, I thought I thought it was very. It was a very sound. Um, it was a very sound play. Uh, play <laughs> movie. Uh, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of glaring mistakes, uh, in it that just was like, really? Why? Um, I thought they did, I thought they did very well on it. Um, not, there isn't any, uh, obviously no CGI or anything like this. It was all no, there was practical. CGI. There was, oh, yeah. when? So the first CGI was whenever they showed the dilapidated mansion. That was okay, that was yeah. never a dilapidated mansion. It was the same mansion that they showed after he rebuilt it. They just uh, CGI'd it. Oh yeah. Um, okay. And then the World War II scene where the Germans were bombing Patton's uh, oh, infantry yes. line. That was CGI yeah. was, too. Was that, and that that would that be the CGI? only quabble. Yeah, that was CGI. That wasn't that wasn't a practical explosion. No, I don't thing? think they were actually draw, dropping bombs on people. I mean, they well, could have been. I'm not for 100% sure, but if I had to obviously guess... Obviously, they didn't drop the bombs, but... Well, I guess... Okay, they you, they composited the planes in and that kind of stuff, you think? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's the only quabble that I had was the planes didn't really look very realistic. I think they were too large of a scale for the scene. Okay. I It didn't, I, it didn't catch my eye. I mean, it was so that. quick, you really didn't notice, but yeah, yeah. it was... That that would be the only quabble that I have is the compositing of the World War II scene. Okay. Ultimately, I thought this was a good show, a good flick. Um, I would recommend this uh, if you know you're you're looking for something to watch with your date or your girlfriend or your your wife or husband. You know, if if our uh, female listeners want to uh, try to pull one over, they're not going to be disappointed. It's not. It's not so sappy that uh, uh, a manly man isn't going to want to watch it. Uh, um, I, th- I think it was a. De- I thought it was a decent flick. It was good. I would recommend it. Good. it. good. 
Um, all right, so it is time for our uh, our final thing that we always do. Uh, this is called Romance Roulette. So um, we've got two we've got two love interests. If you were uh, Allie, who would you go for, Lon or Noah? Oh man, that's that's a hard one because I mean Noah is is the natural romantic, although Lon is is somewhat romantic. Although Lon is loaded, uh, mm-hmm. so you know the, the gold digger in me kind of wants uh, wants a cushy life. But then also, I come from a loaded family, so that's really not a consideration. I'd probably go with Noah. I'm going to have to go with Noah. I'm going to have to go with the summer fling. Okay. Um, Man, you brought up some good points. I thought I knew right off. I was going to say, I was initially going to say lawn um, because I wanted to be, me personally, I'd like to have a cushy life, Uh, but then you don't. I forgot she comes from money too. So, oh, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Noah too, uh, because uh, it looked like they were doing pretty well for themselves at the end, right? Um, uh, now, here's a question for you. Okay, do you think Lon would have done the same thing Noah did in their later years? Do you think Lon would have stayed in the nursing home with her? And I don't think so. Tried to tried to bring her back every once in a while. I don't. I don't think so. I the only thing I can think of that the, he might have done. He might have had help. He might have tried to like leave her uh, maybe at the house and hired somebody to care a caregiver. Okay, caretaker, I can see that care caregiver. Um, that's the only thing I could I could see if he was indeed gonna do anything. He would go that route, um, you know. And 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 one thing that they don't ever really show is did Allie's parents approve ultimately, right? I think so. So Borat, her dad, um, obviously approved. I mean, he was he was pretty <laughs> Borat, her dad. <laughs> he looked like Borat. <laughs> he did. He did. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Would you like some iced tea? It's very nice. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm never going to get that in my head. Every time I, anytime I have to watch this from now on, it's going to be very nice. Uh, oh. Sorry. I just, I, just I, couldn't, I couldn't help it. I kept no, that in good. all episode. I just had to let it out. Um <laughs> Um, no, uh, so her dad seemed to be pretty, pretty hands off. I think he was accepting of him, even, yeah. even with his stature. Um, I think from it was the, the very mom, beginning, mostly. but the mom was the one that was that was worried. Um, and mm-hmm. I think the mom was worried mostly because of her past relationship with um, the the person that was supposedly her sweetheart. And right. I think her fa- mom finally came around, and I think her mom would have been accepting so, too, because her mom so drove her think- back and gave her all the letters. Right. So do you think do you think that's because it had been so long and you know she more or less had lived her li- she had lived more of her life and wasn't this naive 17-year-old any anymore? Do you think that had something to do with it? It's like okay, yeah, you went back to um you know, you're a big girl now? No. And she became more accepting. You don't think so? No, I don't. I don't think so. Um, okay. 
I think after she, I think when she initially went to go find her, I think it was with the full intention of, of bringing, bringing her, her back, back to lawn. Okay. And then once she saw how much, um, uh, Allie was cared. It yeah, I think so. Well, she brought the letters with her. She did. So that, that's a good point. She did, but she, yeah. she didn't remember them until the very end. So I don't know that she went there with the letters with the intention of giving them to her initially. It's a, that's a good, that's a good maybe, question. Or, it's, it's kind of mixed message there, isn't it? Or, or maybe it was, you know, she was going to talk to her, see how it played out and then maybe give the letters back to Noah. Possibly. Say yeah. here, Possibly. here's your letters. I kept them. She's too, she's too good for you. Get the hell out of her life. Yeah. Possibly. Maybe. All right. So Noah gets it for uh, both. Excellent. All right. You have any awards? I do. Okay. Lay it on us uh, for the black lung. Uh, so the black lung, Noah gets this. Um, he was smoking during World War II, at least during World War II. We saw him do that. Um Although we didn't see him smoke after he got back, so maybe it was just a wartime thing. But yeah, he was definitely yeah. smoking during World War II. All right, I gave mine to Lon because um, uh, we saw him grab a, grab a cigarette while he was, or or a cigarello or whatever it was while he was working. Yep, uh, with the boys. Um, you could also give it to him because you know he looked like. I mean, he didn't get burned, but he looked pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like he had been in an explosion or something, which I mean, okay, so that would be one of the, the only quabble is it looked like he got messed up really bad, right? And when he got all healed up, it was like, okay, there's no scars, there's nothing. He had a lot of right, casts I mean, on, so I think maybe yeah. he had a lot of broken bones rather than, you know, flesh okay. wounds. Yeah, but you you would think with that many broken bones that that was some sort of concussive. Thing. Yeah, it probably yeah. was, but he just didn't have a you lot of soft think... tissue okay. damage. It was think... just mostly broken bones. Okay. All right, all right. Headlush for me is going to go to Noah in his ten day bender after he finished the house. Okay, um, how about you? Uh, Noah's going to get mine not only for the ten day bender but for the continuous hard drinking that he did all the way up until Allie came back. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, you know, they say, uh, power tools and alcohol don't mix. Yeah. So, the only power tool I saw that he had was that lathe. Well, lathe in the truck. Well, the truck, yeah. <laughs> to pull down the, the, which I mean, good on you that that's pretty dangerous. Pulling down a, pulling down a porch. And hoping that it doesn't take down, down the rest the of the house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh, player. Uh, player. So I'm going to go with Allie on this one. She had uh, she had two guys pining over him, fighting over her, even after, um, you know, she kind of was in unfaithful with one of them. So, yeah, I'm going to give it to Allie. Okay. Um. I thought about that. I ended up giving it to Noah, though, for uh, punching above his weight um, at the very beginning. You know, he he convinced her to to go out with her, and then she reneged, uh, but then got tricked into doing it again by her friends, and then uh, he ended up wooing her over. You know, so 
more power to him. Yep. Yep. Uh, Purple Hippo for me is going to go to Allie. Uh, just uh, for the whole dementia thing. Um and and being confused and or or even even like I don't know what it's like, but I would think you know you're confused and then all of a sudden you come back and you see people. Do you? It sounded like she knew she had dementia. Yeah, and she did. Uh, That's why she wrote yeah. the notebook. Right. She. Yeah. Do Do you think she did that when she was? Obviously, she did it when she could remember things, but do you think she did that when it first started? Yeah, and that's I think, think that's so? why she uh, said the dedication that she did. Uh, read this to me, and I'll always come back to you. Yeah, okay. So I think whenever yeah. she first started getting dementia, she put yeah. more, her more life good days down than bad into days. words and then had him read that back to her so she could remember. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, how about you for the Purple Hippo? So Allie is a good one. I didn't even think about that one. Uh, my purple hippo is going to go to uh, Noah for watching his friend die in World War II in front of him, coming oh, yeah. back, seeing Allie hooking up with another guy, and then having his dad die. Those were all three pretty traumatic events, and he dealt with them, I mean, with a lot of alcohol, a lot of self-medicating, but, I mean, he still dealt with them and still got shit done, so kudos to him. All right, uh, so it's time to choose our next movie. Ooh, I can't wait. Yep, so I need you to pick a number between 1 and, uh, let's see, 98. 1 and 98. Yes. All right, well, they met in 1940, so let's go with 40. It was actually June 6th, 1939. I thought it said 40 at the beginning of the movie. No, June 6th, 1939. Well, then let's do 39. I okay. I had it. I had it because it, he said. No, no, it no. It June says in 1940 6th. at a carnival in Seabrook, South Carolina. So it was 1940. We're going with 40. Uh, you can't bl- trust Wikipedia, holder of all knowledge. It's the holder of all knowledge. Okay, fine. So we're going with 40. 40. All right. Tell me when to stop. And stop. I never quit. Oh, my God. (laughs) I had to get the quote in there. All right. Oh. All right. Okay. So next time, uh, we will be removing... Removing? (laughs) Well, it would be removed from the list. We will be reviewing the movie where Ennis and Jack are two shepherds who develop a sexual relationship and an emotional relationship. Their relationship becomes complicated when both of them get married to their respective girlfriends. It stars uh, Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal, Anne Hathaway and Michelle Williams. It is 2005's... Brokeback Mountain. Brokeback Mountain. I can't wait. Fun fact, and he'll never admit this, but this is James's favorite movie, so we got to have him on. Uh, so do we uh, do we get him to say yes before we tell him what it is, like we did the, that one other movie? Um, or do we just tell him? You know, what we'll do is we'll tell him that we're reviewing this, and he's going to want to do it, but he's not going to want to do it because he's not going to want to reveal that this is his favorite movie. So we'll just say mm-hmm. that we tricked him into it. But everybody will know because he doesn't listen. So, yeah, he doesn't know that we already told everybody. Right. So, all right. Well, 
That's going to do it for today. Our intro and outro music is Parisian Cafe by Aaron Kinney. Paul Crawl music is Sweet as Honey by Topher Moore and Alex Elena. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. You can also leave us feedback on our Discord channel. Be sure to visit Creative Brain Candy for more great shows and other creative works at creativebraincandy.com. Uh, and for this week, um, yeah, Rachel McHottie was good. Oh, yeah. Rachel yeah. McHottie yeah. is always good. Always. Oh, wet, wet Rachel McHottie. Rachel McHottie. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yes. And we'll see you next time. All right. Um, yeah, I don't <laughs> think this show's going to work. <laughs> what? I don't think this show's going to work. Why? We're going to have to go back. <laughs> go back? Why? Yeah. It's it's done. We're not doing another episode of this. All Screw right, Brokeback Mountain. All yeah. right, whatever. Let's let's go back to Capes. All right. I I I can't get uh I think we found your forte. <laughs> you do? Yeah. You do? Yeah. Either either that Wait. When does this come out? Uh, April 1st, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who knew? Uh, <laughs> April Fools. <laughs> April Fools. All right. So uh, we actually need to choose a new movie. Uh, one and I got to scroll down. One and 111. Uh, one and 111. Yep. Um, so what's the magic number for hot, wet, Rachel McHottie. I don't I don't know. Um 69? No, no, that's too juvenile. Uh let's go with um Oh, she's a she's definitely a 10. Let's go with 10. Ooh, okay. And tell me when to stop. And stop. Okay. All right. Next week we are going to be reviewing the movie where imprisoned by an adult world that now fears everyone under the age of 18, a group of teens, a group of teens form a resistance group to fight back and reclaim control of their future. Uh, this stars Amadea uh, Steinberg, Mandy Moore, and Bradley Whitford. It is 2018's The Darkest Minds. I've never even heard of this movie. You have not heard of this. This is a superhero movie? Uh, It is superpowers. So they have superpowers. Huh. It's not superhero per se. It might even be sort of uh, sci-fi, but it doesn't say sci-fi. I like Bradley Whitford. Mandy Moore's okay. Never heard of the first one. Yep. Uh, so, according to Wikipedia, holder of all knowledge, uh, dystopian superhero film. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah. that'll be uh, interesting. I've never heard of it. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I've seen this. Uh, not too. Not too shabby. Uh, it's, ba- it's it's based off of a book. Uh, so that'll be interesting. I haven't ever read the book. So whatever. All right, so that's what we're going to do. I hope you guys enjoyed this um, special edition of uh, Smoking and Drinking in Capes. April Fool's Uh, Special Edition. April April Fool's Special Edition. Uh, We will be back to our regularly 
scheduled programs uh, in two weeks. So for this week, I'm Rob. And I'm not a romance (laughs) romance movie. This was so hard. (laughs) So hard. I'm surprised we got 50 minutes worth of content here. I know. I know. Wow. But we could ramble about anything for 50 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we'll see you guys next time. Later. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. You can leave us feedback on our Discord channel at uh, Smoking and Drinking Between the Kate. <laughs> <laughs> Almost had it. You almost, almost got the whole fucking almost, show. Almost. <laughs> almost. Damn. All right, let's try that again. <laughs> Gosh. It's because I, I just realized, oh shit, that still got the old email address. <laughs>